I demand a trial by combat. Okay, well, maybe not combat, but there, there's certainly going to be some kind of fighting for the Florida Gators QB one spot. Then we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to turn our attention to men's basketball to break down the Gators' hopes in the first round of the SEC tournament today and how in the world Colin Castleton is not a first-team All-SEC player? Excuse me? Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole nine sports that is w-h-o-l-e n-i-n-e sports and before we get into the content i'm gonna ask you guys like subscribe do whatever you want to do just let me know about the show i don't care where you leave a review where you comment just let me know what you think about the show so i can make it better that's all i want to do thank you it's greatly appreciated and any and all criticisms welcome i'm here for it but we're going to talk about the quarterback battle that we've been talking about quite a bit recently you know Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller III, and Emory Jones are all the guys that we're talking about with quarterback one for the Florida Gators in 2022. And I get it. You know, Emory Jones is not an ideal name to be talking about because we gave that one a spin in 2021. And I totally understand that stance. I do. I, I don't think that he's going to be the guy. I think that he's going to be in the battle. And if he wins the battle, great. He'll be back. If he doesn't win the battle, then he's going to transfer after he graduates after after the spring semester. But I still think we have to talk about him because, yes, we tried that in 2021. But guess what? We tried that with Dan Mullen, who, again, I, I don't think he's a bad coach, but 2021, I don't know what was going through his head. And I think at this point we might as well give it a shot with Billy Napier, whoever he wants. I'm rolling with. I don't care who it is, but it's who I'm rolling with. I am not talking about young guys like Carlos Oriel Wilson or Jalen Kitna. Just because, like, I, I get it. You guys are going to get annoyed by that. I, I fully understand that. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> if we're going to be completely honest, I'm, I'm cool with that. You guys get annoyed at me all the time for what I say. But I'm excluding them because I don't think that they are legitimate contenders in this spring camp. It's just not what I see happening. I think that Billy Napier is going to go for someone who's got a couple of years in college, in, the co- in a system in college. Obviously, it's a different system for everybody, but I think that he wants – at least guys with a couple of years of experience of being in college, maybe not playing consistently, but being here. And yeah, like I, I've said it before recently, or I've, I've at least hinted to it recently. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the guy. I think he's going to win the quarterback battle. I don't think it's a very far-fetched thing to say. And I know that a lot of you listeners prefer Anthony Richardson over Jack Miller III, over Emory Jones, over Carlos Oriol Wilson, over Jalen Kidna. And that's fair. And I also will have no problem acknowledging, yes, I have been, um, what would be the word? Because I know you guys say that I'm very low on him, and I don't think, I lo- I don't think I'm low on him. Um, I think I'm more realistic about his concerns that he may have. You know, he is, he's got potential to be just an absolute superstar. He does. He, ha- he has Heisman potential this year. 
uh, if he reaches even close to what he can become. But at the moment, or from what we saw in 2021, he is raw, and he is very inaccurate as a passer. His decision-making was a little questionable. I get it. He's very smart. I, I, I understand that he could break down plays. He could do all these things. But Dan Mullen even said, Anthony Richardson on, I, I believe it was a 12-yard run, where they were like, look, like that was a great run. But Anthony Richardson, he, he missed his primary read. He missed the check down, and then he just took off running. So, yeah, it was a great net positive play, but it wasn't the right play. And I get it also because maybe not the, maybe the best play isn't the right play. You know, I, that's the thing when you talk, when you've got a gunslinger like Anthony Richardson is, he's going to let it fly, and he might have the check down available. But if he can connect that deep ball, that's a much better play, you know. We talk about that a lot with people like Patrick Mahomes, who they're like, people always talk about, yeah, he had the check down available and he didn't take it. But guess what? He won a Super Bowl. He's an MVP. He's a $500 million play. He's got a half a billion dollar contract. You think they care that he doesn't throw to the check down and instead chooses the deep pass? No, that's not a big thing. So, and look, maybe it's the NFL draft hype and the NFL draft season and me talking right now. But I think you have to go with the guy who has the most potential. I don't think you look at the player who's got the, or obviously you look at them, but I don't think you go with the player who has the higher floor in Jack Miller. I think he's got a higher floor. I've been very open and very honest about it. I think Anthony Richardson, yeah, he's got an insanely high ceiling. So he's got a pretty low floor. But I think Jack Miller has a higher floor. I don't think you go with him. I think you go with Anthony Richardson. You go with the guy that if he hits his potential, Heisman winner, national championship, obviously that would include winning the SEC, or maybe not. You know, you could lose the SEC and make it to the, <laughs> make it to the college football, but Heisman winner, SEC champion, national champion. I mean, college football playoff would be insane. Florida hasn't made it since college football playoff became a thing, and it's been almost a decade now. So clock is ticking on whether or not you're really going to be a blue chip. And I think we will with Anthony Richardson, with Billy Napier. And like I've said before, I, I think this changes nothing with what I've said about Anthony Richardson having a floor and, and being raw and being inaccurate. But the best way to learn is through experience. And the, I, I can be honest, my expectations for this year are higher than I think most of the more level-headed fans. But um. You, you don't have a ton of expectations this year for Billy Napier. You know, this is a rebuilding year for you. This is a, a transitional class, your transitional roster. You're going through everything completely anew. And there's not a ton of expectations on you. So, yeah, Anthony Richardson might have or does have a higher or have a lower floor than Jack Miller, Jack Miller the third, but he's got an exceptionally and substantially higher ceiling. So go with the higher ceiling guy. If Anthony Richardson doesn't reach his potential, you were expected to have a down year anyway. If he does, you've exceeded expectations in a wild way. And I don't think you could really ask for much more if you're a Florida Gators fan, analyst, whatever, player, coach, alumni. I don't I don't care what you are. I don't think you could ask for more than just giving it a go. And and I, I think it's Anthony Richardson. I, I think he walks away from this battle, you know, if it were a trial by combat, I would especially say Anthony Richardson because that dude is built. So, yeah, I, I think I'd especially say Anthony Richardson there. But I, I think Anthony Richardson walks away as QB1 after spring, after spring camp and spring ball and spring game. And 
I'm happy with that. You know, it, it, he's the guy that I want right now. And hey, let's let's just go nuts with it. You know, <laughs> why not? Let's let's just go nuts and start the guy that even if we lose games, he's gonna be just throwing bombs the entire time, and we're gonna have fun watching him. Is anybody else participate in March Madness break brackets every year and suck every year? I used to crush him, and then I learned about college basketball, and now I suck. I do the same thing with the NBA and NFL when I gamble, but uh, hey, effort is here. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Sports Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why is that? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Locked On Gators podcast feed and YouTube channel. Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Will the Florida Gators be there? Um, we'll, we'll find out about that one. But the Florida Gators will be in the SEC tournament today. The Florida Gators men's basketball team, they tip off today at noon Eastern against the Texas A&M Aggies as Mike White-led Gators get one last opportunity to push their way into the March Madness tournament. And obviously, if you're listening to this after the game or any time after probably like 2 or 3 p.m. Eastern time, this segment's kind of irrelevant for you. But before then, which is where most of the listeners do listen, we're going to talk about it. Um, Florida Gators have been just wildly disappointing this year. We know that, you know, Mike White's been wildly disappointing for the past. Um, he's been the Gators coach for seven years. So seven years. Oh, okay. He's been disappointing for five of the, for the past five of the seven. It's been year two is great for him since then. It's been a little bit rough at times. The teams have faced off once already this season and what ended up being a 56 to 55 win for the Aggies in College Station. That was also the game where Colin Castlin had 15 points and 15 rebounds in what some uh, could, maybe even would or should, consider his best individual performance of this season. Unfortunately, that was also one of those games, like we've seen so many of, where Tyree Appleby and Myron Jones combined to score 13 points, which isn't horrible, but what is horrible is that they combined for 13 points while taking 19 shots, they shot four for 19, and the rest of the supporting cast was not great, Bob. Simple as that. Uh, going into today's game, I I think, or not even I think, I, I, I'm expecting to see Colin Castleton really turn it up. And I know that he's done that so many times. You look at the Arkansas game, he turned it up with, with the he's a baby against Jalen Williams. Or maybe you should do it on this side so it's not blocked off. But he's a baby against Jalen Williams and all this talking and Keontae Johnson rocking the baby and all these awesome things where Colin Kesslin has shown the ability to kick into that second gear as a basketball player. And, I mean, not, not just take over the game, but command the game. And I, I think that we need to see that from him uh, if the Gators want to win. And I think the Gators do want to win because – you have to win, but if the Gators lose this one, then the season is even more of a colossal failure failure than it already was. And I think Colin Castlin is going to be the guy where he's going to step into this game 
He's going to dominate this game, both offensively, defensively, and on the boards. He has to. Like, like that's It's as simple as that. Colin Castleton has to step up and be the guy, and we need to see him click not only into that second gear, but today is the day. Noon Eastern today is the day where we find out if Colin Castleton has a third gear that so few competitors have. It, it, it's, it's a special thing where it really shows if you are built different or not. But the Gators need Colin Castleton to click into that third gear if they want to win today. And I'm hoping that with the weight of this game, we'll see Tyree Appleby kick it up too. Because Tyree Appleby is someone who he's dealt with injuries over the past couple of weeks and past couple of months, really. But he's also someone who has shown that he can... I don't even know what to say. He he is someone who I feel like he has a first gear and a third gear, but but not that second gear. He can't do it often. But in the in those big moments, he's shown that he is the the type of player that he loves those big moments. He he loves being the clutch player. We saw him do it so many times. He almost did it against Maryland. He did it against Ohio State. He's done it multiple times this year where he's been that guy to take that clutch three that the Florida Gators might need at a certain point. And this is it. I get it. We've mainly see him, seen him do it in specific moments here and there. But he needs to be that guy for the entire game today. Because if he's not, and Colin Kesslin can't kick in that third gear, you might as well just walk away. And I get it. Guys like Flanders Fleming stepped up big over the past couple weeks. And I would love it if he continued to do that. Because, again, Florida needs all hands on deck. Everybody that has a second gear or a third gear needs to kick it into their highest gear that they possibly can because the Florida Gators are taking on the Texas A&M Aggies at noon in a game where they've already lost once this season. And again, I think it's also important to acknowledge, I don't—I forget if I mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but it's also important to acknowledge that the game where, Florida, where the Florida Gators lost 56-55 to 55 was in College Station. And I, I think that that's important because – We've seen the difference between Florida at home and on the road this year, where we've seen Florida, it, it's two completely different teams at times. And a lot of it is that stadium, the stadium atmosphere that you've got. And I think the Florida Gators, you know, obviously that atmosphere in, text, in College Station was not leaning towards Florida. But I think at a neutral site, we, we can see these teams kind of show us really who you are. And I think the Florida Gators could walk away from this. And right now, if I'm looking at this game, I'm saying it's a 50-50 chance for Florida. I'm giving them that. And like I've said, like I've never been less confident in a Florida Gators team. But I'll give them a 50-50 chance right here. Um, but if the Florida Gators do end up beating Texas A&M, then they, uh, they get a really nice treat because they get to take on number one. Auburn, the one seed Auburn uh, would be the, if they take on the winner of this game, whether it's AM or whether it's Florida, the winner plays Auburn and that sucks, um, but that's what it is. And Florida is one in one against Auburn this year, but I genuinely don't know how Florida can beat Auburn again. If we get anything remotely close to the Gators that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. And here's the thing also, let alone just the Gators that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. I don't know how they could beat Auburn. If we get the Gators that we've seen in the past couple of weeks, I don't know how they could beat Texas A&M. It's as simple as that. Like, I don't know how they could do that because this is a Gators team where 
they've been um what, what would be a good adjective for them oh wildly underwhelming at times this season especially recently where if they want to be the gators that they've been recently we don't have to worry about them taking on auburn because it ain't gonna happen if we get the gators that we've seen recently today is the last time you see them in a game that's not in the nit tournament um nit tournaments redundant because that's with the t but you get it and then we won't see them in the nit um it's just it's rough because also i think the gators this weekend today and tomorrow need two wins to really make it to march madness and solidify that because they're a team that it's not just wins losses it's not just your school prestige it's not all that that decides whether you get into the march madness tournament or not it's everything it's it's a culmination of everything that's happened this season and I, I don't think the Florida Gators have a strong resume right now. I, I think that you could maybe make the argument for them being a a 60 to 68 team. But even then, I, I think that there's so many teams in that argument where Florida would get bumped out of it pretty easily. You talk about quality wins, Florida has Auburn. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's That's the most quality win that Florida has. And it's a great win. But there's been so many disappointments where I don't think that one win offsets anything. I think you've got to beat Auburn a second time to be like, hey, we're a team with potential. Like, like we could be a miracle team. But if you don't, I I think that it's sayonara for the Gators uh, unless you're really excited for the NIT. And which if they go to the NIT, then I'll I'll be pulling for them. But like, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm super excited for the NIT. I want to see them in March Madness. I want to see them try to make a run. And try to be that Cinderella story, but we'll see if that's even possible. We're going to talk more Florida Gators basketball in just a second. We're going to focus on the individual of Colin Castleton. But first, March Madness is just a few weeks away. March Madness is one week away. Oh my lord. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets this year. And I have a suggestion. RunYourPool.com is the place to be. Along with standard brackets, they got Pick'em and Survivor too. It's stuff you won't find with ESPN or CBS. And if you use RunYourPool.com, you'll be able to set your bracket with me and Locked On Gators listeners for free. And we'll set that up a little bit closer. But you could also go to RunYourPool.com slash LockedOn, and you can join the LockedOn network, all of us, myself included, for a cash prize, and it's free to sign up. And you don't have to be first place to win it. It's going to be tiered down kind of a little bit. But if you also want to set up your own pool for whatever your friends, family, business, charity, whatever purpose you have, use code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Runyourpool.com slash lockdown for your chance to win a cash prize. It's free to sign up, free to use, only got to pay if you're setting up your own pool. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I didn't. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, um, it's been a rough couple of days. You know, Isaiah Stewart getting injured really, really jacked me up. And the Warriors, I mean, just barely even playing after the blowout the other day is starters. Um, BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or Use your mobile device, which is how I like to do my thing, and sign up for free. BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts, and it's where you're going to want to be when the game ends to really check how much money you won there. 
Hi, 911. Yeah, I'd like to report a robbery at 250 Gale. Uh, the victim is Colin Castleton. Yeah, thank you. All right, appreciate you. Uh, the all-SEC teams dropped, and Colin Castleton was absolutely robbed because there were nine players on the first team, and he was not one of those nine players. Uh, he was on the second team and kind of voiced his displeasure, his displeasure with being left off of the first team. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, I know there are players who were more deserving. Like, Oscar Sheba is someone that I'm not going to say Colin Castleton should have made the All-SEC first team over Oscar Sheba. I'm not going to say that. Oscar Sheba, dominant dude. Just, like, an absolute dominant player. I think he should have been the Naismith Player of the Year. I, I think he's a freak. He was the only player in the SEC to average double-digit rebounds. And he averaged 15, slightly over 15 rebounds per game. Like, he's a freak. And a double double machine. Like I, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. Obviously, he's one of the exceptions. Um, Jabari Smith, you know, phenomenal player, potential first overall pick in the draft. I think he's great. We saw him against Florida, and he kind of took over in that second game. But I, I, and I think he's better than Colin Castellan as well, or more deserving at least of this All SEC first team. And the list isn't really broken down by position. It's just a list of players because, of course. There's nine players. You can't go point guard, point guard, shooting guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, whatever it is. I ain't doing the math for you. I think I left one off. I don't care. But um, I don't need to talk just big men. That's that's the great thing about it, about it not just being, you know, center, power forward, center, power forward. I have to talk about everybody in the list because, yeah, Jabari Smith and Oscar Sheboy, deserving. Good for you. Um, however, there are some players that are – how do I phrase this without being like super disrespectful? Um, that we're not as good as Colin Castleton and we're not as deserving as Colin Castleton. And I think that's totally fair to say. Like we could look at, um, I don't know. I'm like, all right, just looking at the list. Let's go down the list. We got Jabari Smith. We got Oscar Shiba. Good. J.D. Note, Scotty Pippen Jr. And Iverson Molina. I get it. The three leading scorers in the conference, you got to have the leading scorers on there. So I understand their presence on this on the first team over Colin Castleton. I totally get it. But, but like Santiago Viscovi? <laughs> like like you're going to you're going to look at Colin Castleton and Santiago Viscovi and tell me Santiago is the one that deserves it? Yo, like, are, are you okay? I, I, I don't know how he made the team over Colin Castlin. That one is laughable. You can look at Tari Eason. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see that one. I, I don't get it. He's a decent scorer. He's a decent rebounder. But top nine in the SEC as a player? Like, like he's not as good a scorer as Colin Castleton overall. He's not as good a constant, consistent scorer as Colin Castleton. He's a little bit better from outside the arc, but guess what? He hits like one three a game. That's one more than Colin Castleton hits. I don't care. So he's not as good a scorer as Colin Castleton. He's certainly not as good a rebounder as Colin Castleton. And he's not as good of a defender as Colin Castleton. So I don't get that one either. That's a bit weird for me. Walker Kessler. Are you joking? I totally get it blocks-wise. Defensive? Go ahead. Go, put him on the defensive team. That's fine. Rebounding is okay. I don't think he's that great of a rebounder either. Um, but he's completely non-existent on the offensive side of the ball. You know, like, 
Like we didn't see Tyson Chandler making all making all NBA teams or all NBA first team. We didn't see that happen. Even when he won Defensive Player of the Year, he wasn't all the all he wasn't all Defensive First Team. Like, come on, man! That's Walker Kessler being on the first team in general is a joke. Walker Kessler being on the first team over Colin Castleton is an egregious offense, and it, it's just disgraceful. And I also like I don't want to hear because specifically when you talk about guys like Walker Kessler, I hear I've heard quite a bit. Uh, team success, you know, on a winning team, on this, on that. Um, I don't know how to put this respectfully either, so I'm just going to say it. No, that's a dumb answer. Like that, if you say that, that's a stupid answer because you got Scottie Pippen Jr. and Iverson Molinaro on there. And guess what? Florida, Florida was better than both of them. So, no. That's also not a valid excuse. The only valid excuse you have for excluding Colin Castleton from not being on the All-SEC first team is that he missed six games with injury. That's the only valid excuse. And even then, I don't think it makes sense. Like I, I don't think that's a valid enough reason that he missed six games out of the 31 that the Gators have played, and you're going to tell me that that was good enough to keep him off the All-SEC first team? No. And also, I think it's even more impressive that he missed those games and was as dominant as he was, and that you can look at Florida and you could say, without him, they're a bottom three, bottom four team in the SEC without Colin Castleton. It's as simple as that. He's one of those rare types of players, too, where he can go off for 15 points or 20 points on any given night without being a threat from behind the, from behind the arc. He doesn't shoot threes. He, he barely shoots mid-range shots. He's not that guy either. But he's so dominant in the post that he can go off for 15 or 20 or 29 against Jalen Williams. Hmm. And, and, and he's not like, like, like he's not out here hitting open threes and then transition threes. He's doing all his dirty work in the paint and in the post. And for him to not be included on that list is an absolute joke. Colin Castleton, not being an all sec first team player is a joke and a disgrace to the system. And it's absolutely horrible. And they should be ashamed of themselves for leaving him off of that list. Like that, that is just an atrocious, atrocious joke. And genuinely you should feel bad. You are bad and you should feel bad. If you left Colin Castleton off that list, it's as simple as that. Thanks for making lockdown. It is your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen lockdown NFL draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback, Eric Crocker, bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I any sports, and I'll see you all tomorrow.